Good morning. We are starting a new series, and that series is As We Pray. We are hoping to see this series basically set the pace for this entire year. It's, uh, this next three weeks is kind of introductory part of the As We Pray, and then throughout the year we're going to be hitting each one of these prayers in a different way to try to drive home the ideas, the concepts, and the directions that we are praying as a church uh, to really see God move over this next year. This idea came out of our uh, leadership's visioning Sunday, or I guess it was a Saturday. Saturday. Sundays we tend to be here. Uh, but it was a Saturday where we tried to figure out what God is doing. What, what do we respond as a community that's located in Stanley Park? And what is our heartbeat towards right now? And so this, this series I'm actually really excited about because it's about God, it's about us, it's about our neighbors, it's about our friends, it's about those that are seeking, those that have found, and people that are lost. So I'm really excited about seeing what God does with this series, what he does with our prayers as we pray, and really what, what God wants to do in our culture as a church, but the culture that surrounds us. So I'm going to pray, because one of the goals is to be a church that prays, and it's a lot of talk about prayer, so it kind of seemed counterintuitive not to. So, Lord, we, once again, want to acknowledge your presence. We want to see you moving in our lives. We want to engage with you, not just in these moments, not just as we sing songs, not just as we sit in quiet moments reflecting on you, but in every minute of every moment of every day. Lord, we ask that you form us, that you shape us in your image more and more. Lord, may your redeeming restoration project continue today and into the week that is ahead of us, into the year that we all have no idea how it's going to form out. But Lord, we know that you go before us, that you're behind us, and that you're not just on the edges, you're actually with us as well. So Lord, we thank you for being here. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. So the, the idea here is we want to move forward as a church community. And the goal isn't just to get busy. If you uh, were around last week or online last week, you might remember the, the busy word. I used it this past week and had to wash my tongue out. Uh, I'm sure many of us others have found busyness to be just so ubiquitous. So, so much of what our existence is, is busy. Uh, so the goal of our church and ministry is not just to be busy, but it's to be active and doing great things, being present to a great God as he is moving, as he is guiding us as a church. I'm just going to fix this. It's dragging out over here. There we go. As a church, as, as a community that God wants us to be. We want to be moving with him. We want to be guided by him. And it makes a lot of sense as we travel with God to also chat with him. Uh, has anybody ever been on a road trip? If the road trip goes more than like an hour without somebody talking... Chances are something's not right on this road trip, right? Like, or like it started out chatty and then all of a sudden it gets quiet. You got questioned like, is, is there a challenge in the relationship or did they fall asleep, right? That's, that's kind of the way it goes. So in, in our journey with God is, is one that we want to be chatting with him, not just in formal moments, but along the way. Uh, we know that he wants to guide us and he wants to speak with us. And we also know that he has the ability to guide us and speak with us. The, the challenge isn't that God doesn't, listen. The challenge isn't that God doesn't move in a community. The challenge often is that we aren't listening and that we aren't talking to him. So the, this next year, we really hope to see prayer growing. Uh, in, I think, maybe two weeks from now, we're going to be actually putting in a prayer wall. 
with a bunch of opportunities for people to write down prayers or take a prayer off the wall and be praying over or through or, I guess, under things and make that part of what we do. Not the entire thing of our prayer, but a portion of who we are as a church. We'll have a prayer wall to open it up to everybody to engage that way, whether you want to be prayed for or pray for others. So the series, As We Pray, we're going to be unpacking more and more throughout this year, as I would mentioned. It, the goal is to first is establish kind of the, the, the prayers that we sense God is guiding us as a community, as leadership here. Uh, you might notice some bigger titles up here. This one's probably blocked for you guys at home. This one says build, this one says bond, this one says bring. Uh, today we are entering into prayer number one, bring. As, as a church, we want to engage with prayer over everything we do. If we can't pray over it, there's a question of why are we doing it? If we just do it and we don't pray about it, the question is, is it God building it? Is God a part of it? Or is it just us running out, getting busy, doing work that we think God would be a part of? So as a church, we have invested in children's and families ministry. You might remember that we've hired somebody. Like we've gone as far as convincing a guy named Gabe to come be a part of our community, to invest in children and family, not just in our church, but in the neighborhood, to create a space where kids can, and families can explore faith. Now, if we do just that, and we don't pray over it at all, what's the point? We could have saved him some time, we could save the kids some time, we could have done a lot of things else. But if we actually believe that God is wanting us to invest in families, invest in children, the first spot that that starts is in our prayer life. So as a church community, as, as ones that ascribe to being a part of Stanley Park Community Church, I would encourage you to consider this next year making a point to be praying over families and children. That is the goal that we have with one part of our ministry is to reach that way. And if we don't ask God, if we don't listen for God's movement in this, what are we doing? We're just getting busy. And that's not the goal of our ministry here. We want to partner with God as he is guiding, as he is leading, as he is moving. And we're quite certain that he is moving to reach families and children in the neighborhood. I'll share a little story later, um, kind of confirming that in, as, I, as I experienced it. So as a church, we want to unpack these, and we want to also have these rooted in Scripture. We, we don't want to just come up with our own notions, our things, be like, all right, we know God's leading this way. We check the, the scriptural text, and we see it. Yeah, look, God is for children. Like, do not hinder them from coming to me. It's one of his direct quotes. So we know that he loves children, and, and he designed families to be family. So like, that's part of his thing, too. Like, we can support it there, but we also want to put our words under his words. So for the first prayer this year, bring, we're looking at Matthew eleven thirty, And we're, I'm going to start at uh, Matthew eleven twenty five and read to 30, and uh, we'll unpack that today. So in Matthew 11, starting at verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
You may have heard that passage before. How good is it, hopefully at the end of a pandemic, to hear that Jesus' message hasn't changed? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We are days out of ending another child's lockdown, right? They, I don't know if this is the fourth or fifth. I just stopped counting. If anybody actually has a number, hold up how many. We might need more than one hand. The kids have been pulled out of school, isolated in rooms, throwing on computers, screens, tablets, whatever, to, to learn, right? It's, it's a learning that's happening there. And we're on the, the tail end of, yet again, another moment where kids weren't allowed to be kids, where they weren't able to socialize. We hear them right now. If you guys are online, we can hear them screaming and yelling. It's, it's a good and beautiful thing. And if you know that from your home life, you know it's not a very productive thing. But we're on the tail end of that. We're on the tail end of, well, hopefully the tail end, of the pandemic's disruption in family lives. Right? We're coming up on close to two years of homes not being the same home they were in 2019. We are at two years of homes being places where parents now have to try to manage work, manage meals, manage children, be a, a resource teaching aid, as well as everything else that's going on in, in everybody's internal world. Uh, earlier we were talking about a lot of us just have the desire to scream into the void. We just, like, done, done, right? Amen online, amen in here. Um, and these are just us. Think about the house, the family that we live in, right? Over the past two years, there's not clear stats on this yet because everything's backlogged, but we know, and I'm sure you've experienced this around your life and your families, is that divorce is on a rise, right? People being locked in a room together didn't go well before the pandemic, and it got worse. Violence in homes has gotten worse. Neglect, abuse has gotten worse, right? There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of brokenness. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of tiredness. And it's all just swelling, right? This pandemic didn't really cause that. I think it may have contributed in some ways, but really what it has done is just applied pressure to every little crack, every little wound, every little hurt that we've had in our lives, in our homes, in our society. And that's hard. So let's, let's pause here and look kind of at ourselves first. Would 2019 you, bumping into you, recognize you today? Like if, if you picture yourself, 2019, let's, let's go right before Christmas, right? And, and you're walking down an aisle in a grocery store, and they, they bumped into you first. It's weird, because like, how does this happen? Multiverse, we're going with that. You bump into yourself. What are they going to be thinking? Like, will they notice the impact that this stress, this fatigue, this frustration has forced on you? Would they have like questions? Would they just like stop and like, I don't know what's happened. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> like, is, is that like your response to when you see yourself? Right? Just for this moment, we can check in and say, have we been growing in the ways that we want to grow over these past two years? I think for a lot of us, no. We've definitely grown and some of it's not good growth. We, we, we can ask, have we been leaning in to the lifestyle of Jesus the way that we wanted to? Would 2019-year-old, or 20, yeah, I guess 19 years, 20, 2019 years, or whatever the number is, uh, looking at you, say, yeah, that was my, uh, my heartbeat with God was saying, well, this is where we're going. Or have you noticed that your, 
you're drifting, that you're not where you thought you'd be spiritually, relationally. Right? There's a lot of things that have really impacted each one of us, and our, our lives do not look like we thought they would. But here's what I think a lot of us hold on to, is when this is all over and done, right? in two more weeks, right? when we're all back to whatever, and we're loving the patio life, and no, all right, yeah. Whenever this is all done, we're hoping that at that point is we can start rectifying and reconnecting with the things that we've lost, the parts of us that have been broken, the things that need restoration. And we're just holding on. And for a lot of us, we can weather this season. We can get through there and then we can start the restoration project because you can't do it now. There's no energy for that. But bring it back to our prayer this year. For families and children, they are weary and they're burdened. This last two years has really reshaped a lot of their life, a lot of their connections, and it's wiring hearts and lifestyles. If if you think about when you were younger, much younger for some of us, others still much younger, um, and you look at your life as a child, throw a pandemic into there to all the problems that you experienced as a kid. Would you have more healing that's needed now? 20, 30, 40, 50 years later because of what would have happened in that situation? If your parents had that, would, would you see that their relationship is as vibrant as it is now? Or would you see that there's the cracks that you knew and that you experienced as a kid has gotten worse? Right, this, this two years in children's and families' lives has changed the trajectory in ways that I don't think we even understand. Right, the, the things that have been written on a child's heart, the things that are written in a marriage the moments that nobody wants to have has happened. And they tried to fix it, and then they had hope that the summer was better, and it came up again and again and again. There's a lot of hurt, and there's a lot of brokenness in the world. And over the next 20 to 40 years in a kid's life, they're going to have to unpack that. If the parents, if the family hold it together, they have to still unpack that. If they don't hold it together, they're still unpacking that. There is so much brokenness And so I hope that this year, one of our first prayers we pray is for families and for children. Because we can't fix them. They can't fix them. But we know the one who does. And we know the one who can. And is committed to this since the very beginning of creation. When things went terribly awry, he started making a way to heal, to restore, to bring together, to remove hurt and wounds, and to provide See, God's in a movement of restoration. He seeks to pour out his love into every one of our lives. But he doesn't stop at this church. It's every one of the lives that you come across. In the grocery store, the people that cut you off, the people you cut off, God wants to move in their lives because there is hurt and there's brokenness there. So this passage, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. As Christ followers, we continue to find this to be truer and truer. And we don't have it fully locked down. We get to continually explore the rest. We get to continue to explore his light burden. We can continue to explore that he wants to take the ones that we put on. And we keep putting it on. He keeps taking it off. We're confused by this relationship. Because why does he keep taking off the things we keep putting on? God's desire isn't just for a Sunday morning gathering. It isn't just for us to have community groups that gather 
It's ultimately for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. There's a quote from a, a theologian named Martin Luther. I'm sure many people have heard of him. And uh, you may have even heard this quote. He says, We are all mere beggars showing another beggar where we found bread. Right, we, we don't have this all figured out. We have parts of our lives that we've explored and parts that we just ignore because we may have had that experience as a child that you just don't go there. But each one of us knows that Jesus is the bread source, that he's the bread of life. And we also know that we need to come for daily bread. Some of us don't come for daily bread. I get it. I know it. But we also know that, man, when we get a good meal from him, when he provides for us, when we meet him, we really should go back tomorrow. So we as as followers of Jesus, have the opportunity to share where the source is. We are not the ones that make the bread. Bruce makes great bread. This is where the metaphor breaks down. But we aren't the ones that make the deep rest and restoration bread, the bread of life. So going back to our text, it's it's noteworthy, is that when Jesus' invitation says, come, all you who are weary and burdened, he means it. And what I like about the wearied and burdened is that gets everybody Right? So weary has this connotation to it that it's when you're tired from doing something. You've tried as hard as you can. You've applied your energy, you worked hard, and you, you failed. You're, you're just giving more and more and just draining away and draining away and draining away and draining away. And I think some of us have had projects like that. Some of us have had conversations like that. And some of us are just living the life of weariness. Jesus says, come. You got the other group, the burdened. The people that aren't trying to do stuff, but just keep getting stuff heaped on. Right? I, I think many of us in Ontario can relate to that, is that, well, I didn't come up with all these restrictions, and they're just burdening on us, right? They're just things we aren't trying, we're just receiving. And so whether you are burdened and tired, or whether you're wearied and tired, tired Jesus says, come, find rest. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. So as we look at this passage and we want to unpack it, we're going to specifically zoom in on families and children. Now, that's not fair to the entire text because the text is much broader. Every one of us who is tired and weary can come. Anybody you know can come to Jesus. But we know that it's also true for this very specific group, families and children, because we know that they are probably the second hardest hit. I think the hardest hit in the pandemic was retirement homes. And if you've heard stories from retirement homes, that will rip your heart out. But we know that we don't even have access to retirement homes. That's just not how this goes. But we have access to neighbors. We have access to children. We have access to schools. We have access to finding ways to move in people's lives. And so the second hardest group is families with small children. So we get to pray into that because we know that it speaks directly to that tired and wearied group as well. So Jesus' invitation is also an invitation for us to join him in his works, to partner with the thing that he's doing. Because we don't have to conjure up and make all these ideas. We can do great at that. But God's already active. He's out in the neighborhood. He's finding ways to bring life and restoration in ways that we don't know. But he's willing to tell us. And that's why we pray. Uh, When I was coming up with this series, I was hoping to I could use a grammatical rule of the uh, contingent clause. Anybody? Yeah. Where like, as we comma pray, but Katie and everybody else that says that's not how grammar works uh, said I can't do that. But the idea is like, we're going to be doing stuff. We're going to be an active church. We we aren't about filling seats. We aren't about just being here. We're going to be active. So as we, we're going to pray. We're going to listen. 
If God says stop, we stop. If God says go, we go. Even if we don't have the right plan for it, we're going to move when God guides us as a church. And that's also why we need everybody on board. It's not just me hearing, because I don't have the magic Batman line. Each one of us has the access to God. We covered that in our gift series, that we can discern what God is saying and doing. And sometimes it's for us as a whole church, sometimes it's for you as a community group, and sometimes it's for you as an individual. Every one of us has the opportunity to be following God to help, to join, and to experience his mission to reach all. So this, this gets me into the story of how I think God's already active in reaching to families and children. And I think that maybe we, maybe me, I might be the last one to this, and you guys are like, Brad, yeah, we know, are just starting to notice that God is up to something. So this last Friday, no, a week ago Friday, sorry, a week ago Friday, the phone rang here at the church, and I'm not often in here, but I was. So I answered the phone, and there's a person on the phone. Oh, that's how this thing works. And uh, they say that they have a question if we support in any way people who have needs. And I was like, yeah, like we have a pantry. We have some other resources. Like there's also like the uh, Stanley Park Eats, which is on Wednesdays. If, if anybody's online and you're looking for where you get food, Wednesdays they have some great meals down there. And I was like, but what specifically are you looking for? And he tells me, baby formula. And any, anybody has like a, a heart. It's like, oh shoot, there's a baby involved. Whatever it is, right? It's like, yeah, we're on this. So I was, Rebecca was here and uh, we conveniently, as we have now organized because we have a wonderful care teams leader, we have gift cards here. And we're like, yeah, we can solve this. So figure out where do you live because he doesn't have a car and I get to drop off some gift cards for baby formula. I drop over there and I get to say hi to the family. They're new to the town and they don't just have a little one. They have a little one, but there's a bunch of kids running around in there and they don't have many connections in the neighborhood. They don't have many connections to the town. They don't know where to get resources. They don't know how to do it. They're just doing it. Add on top of all that, that we are in a pandemic. Kids aren't going to school. You don't have access to all the things you once did. And there's a mess there. And so as I was leaving, I realized that I think a lot of us can be disconnected from the reality of our neighbor. Right? We can look around our, our church, we can look around our regular relationships and think that everybody's problems, while our problems, are both equal to mine or equal to yours. Like, we, we don't like them, they're pretty bad. But then we miss that some households and some situations are dire, where you have to make a phone call for formula for your three-month-old. And we live in a culture, in a society where that's not okay, but it's par for the course. Like, yeah, there's going to be some that need and some that don't. It's fine. But for that family, is that fine? Thinking about how are you going to feed your three-month-old? And I can tell you, as I've read through Scripture, that that situation rips God's heart apart. God loves his children. As a parent, you could picture if you couldn't feed your child. Right? We have the, uh, the videos, I'm sure we all know from watching TV, of the, the starving kid in Africa, and not take my money. Right? And, and yet we don't have to look that far. We just look down our street. And I bet you we'll find somebody that needs love and care. They may not put up a sign or may not have an ad out for it, but there's so much brokenness in our neighborhoods, 
in households just behind a door. And we won't know about it unless we pray. We won't know how to respond unless we hear God. We, we, we might come with gift cards, and that's not, not even close to what they need. They need somebody to call at 8 a.m. in the morning because they don't know how to pull us off, send their kids back to school on Monday. They might need somebody to call because kids are being replaced back into their, their household situation because they, they lost it a few weeks ago, a few months ago, and CAS was involved. They might be about to be at that point because their relationship is just so tense, so hurting and so broken. And as we as a church, we get to be the seasoning, the, the salt and the light in many situations. But if we don't hear about them, if we don't live close enough to them, we don't get to be there. We know God is still moving and God will still do things. It's not all up to us. But there's moments and times that God wants to put us in. And we will know it as we listen, as we pray, and as we see his guidance. So over this year, I would love for us as a church not to get busy, because like, I bet you a lot of us online and in person here are thinking, oh, like, like, yeah, like we know a family, let's just get on it and solve it. Let's solve it, let's solve it, let's solve it. Somebody has need, let's do it. And I love that heart about us. Like we, are, we have a rink because we saw an opportunity. We move on opportunities. But let's first pray. Let's let God guide us. This isn't about our ability to plan and scrounge together things to meet our need at our time. It's about us following God into the awkward moments, the beautiful moments, the, the downright depressing moments, because he's in each one of them. As we go, we get to be alongside our shepherd. We get to see him feeding his sheep. We get to see him pouring out his love, his rest, and his peace into lives that we never would have been a part of if we didn't follow our shepherd. So over this week, I would encourage you to, to take up three, three kind of directions of this first prayer of bring from Matthew 11. But it comes on the, on the heel like this is what God is doing. Uh, not because I tell you God is doing it, but because God's scripture says this is the things that he does. He brings rest to the weary. He unburdens the burdened. And it's not just Jesus saying this in one nice little passage in Matthew. It's God's story throughout all of Scripture. So let's jump back to Jeremiah 31.25. It's a very small passage, and we see the same tone there. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Right? This is Old Testament God, if anybody has that challenge of seeing, Jesus is so nice and lovely, other than when he flips tables. And the Old Testament God is like wrathful and angry. And like, we see here, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. This is going into the Babylonian captivity. Uh, hardship still came. It's not like, oh, God fixed everything and everybody's happy all the time. But God continued. He, he led his people through the captivity. He drew them back to the land. He established them as his people. He grew deeper and closer with them. They still had challenges, still had problems, still had all kinds of risks and challenges that just kept coming. If you read the Old Testament, you'll know. And then Jesus comes in as well, and he continues on the story. He draws closer and lives amongst God's people. And then he, as you know the story, he is murdered. He's buried. He comes back from the dead. He ascends to heaven, and he sends the Spirit at Pentecost to dwell amongst his people, even greater than Jesus walking with them. 
The Spirit dwells with us. It walks with us. It guides us. It moves with us. It, it corrects us, as we also know. And so we get to engage in this story of refreshing the weary through even the hardest things like Babylonian captivity or the hardest things of another lockdown. Because we have no idea what's coming. We don't. We thought we did. Two weeks, flatten the curve. We're done. Two years later, we still have no idea. But we have a God that is walking with us, guiding us, leading us, and not just for our own good. And that's where I think a lot of church challenges come up, is that we love taking care of ourselves, and that doesn't make us much better than anybody else. But God also provides not just for us, but for others, for the neighbor, for the enemy who gets to be invited to our table, for the poor, for the rich, for the people that are putting on restrictions. The kingdom is reaching into every spot, whether we like it or not. So as we pray, we get to see God's heart, God's desire, and God's movement. And we get to get excited about seeing our Savior move. So this week, I would love for you to, and you don't have to, like that's, once again, this is, could be super guilty, whatever. Like, I would love for us as a church to take this first prayer about bring. And to pray it multiple times. If you only pray once a week, please use it this week for this. If you pray multiple times a day, please use at least one of them to pray for families and children. So here's kind of like some prayer starters for you. Like pray generally. That God leads us in a, in a way that creates space for families to heal, for families to be invested in, and chances for them to explore Jesus. Because it's not just enough to bring formula. That fixes the moment what's a pack of like 48 maybe, gets you a few days, depends on how hungry the baby is. Like, that solves it for a bit. But the deeper problems need Jesus. And if we forget that, if we miss that, we aren't a church. Another way to pray is every one of us here and a lot of us online have a home. Right? You got a door that you close at night. You probably drive by a few houses. Pray for families on your street. If you don't know any families on your street, get a name. Pray for that one family. That's all you need to do. Because God's placed each one of us into a neighborhood, onto a street, into a place to be bathing that neighborhood in prayer. And I guarantee you that within your neighborhood, there is someone around you that needs it. A third one is praying over our children's ministry. We are just re-re-relaunching. Maybe another re. We'll see what it is. Today is our first day with in-person gathering. And we got kids going down there. We heard them earlier. Pray over them. Pray for the ones we have. And pray for the ones that God wants to bring here. Our goal isn't to pack out our kids' ministry. It'd be a great problem to have. We'll take it. Our goal is to create opportunities where children can meet Jesus. To create opportunities where families can meet Jesus. We want to be a church where you can explore, where you don't have to sign up every Sunday, like we're welcome to, but you can come and find Jesus. If you go off to another church because their ministry is better, because their preacher is like 90% better, go ahead. We as a community want to create space for Jesus to be explored and to be understood in our lives to orient around that, wherever it goes. If it brings you out to, as a missionary across the world, awesome. If it brings you to that seat right there, awesome. If it keeps you online for the next 12 years, awesome. So I'm going to finish in prayer, and I would love for you guys to join me.
Uh, pray in your seats, pray at home online, and please carry it into the week. Lord, we pray for weary moms. Lord, we pray that they can make it through today. Lord, we pray for burdened dads as they enter into another day with more piling on them. Lord, we pray over families in Stanley Park who are pressed and pulled and cut off and cornered. Lord, we pray for boys and girls as they have lost beautiful moments and memories. Lord, we pray that as they are being freed tomorrow to be in an environment, Lord, we pray that you help them explore and engage just being kids. The stage, the moment that you have them in, Lord, we pray for that. Lord, we ask for the weary, the tired, and the burden that you find them. Lord, we pray that they find you. Lord, we ask that you help them find that your yoke and your burden is light. Lord, lead us as we leave this place committed to following you. Lord, help us expect to see you leading. Lord, bring us to families. Bring us into lives of others who need your loving rest. We pray this because we know that is your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's our first prayer. We have two more coming up in the next two weeks. I would love for us as a church to just really embrace these. If you have questions, ideas, thoughts around them, let's chat. This is a dialogue. This isn't just, thus says Brad. So let's see what God is doing this next year as we pray. See you guys. Thank you.